Welcome. My name is Caleb, and you are listening to the Vitamin C Podcast. Hey guys, so I've got a new movie to talk about today, and it's one that I really didn't want to watch. To be completely honest, I did not have any interest in seeing this movie. I had somebody send me the trailer to it about a month before it came out, and they said, are you going to be watching this one? And I said, uh, maybe, probably, I suppose. I try to watch everything. I try to watch all the mainstream stuff for sure. And then I try to watch a few of my own movies that I want to personally watch. But this was one of those that I said, yeah, I would not be watching this if I were not doing a movie podcast. And the main reason I'm doing this is because... Yes, summer movies are right around the corner, but for the next couple weeks, there's still not a lot of movies coming out. There's going to be this week next month where there are like 10 movies coming out, and I don't even know what I'm going to do there, but it's my duty to deliver two episodes a week, so that's what I'm going to do. And so this is a movie I kind of watched begrudgingly, and I was putting it off, putting it off, and finally I said, okay, I got to watch it because I got to record this episode and get it edited and out into the world in just a couple days. So finally I said, all right, I got time, let me watch it. And that movie is White Men Can't Jump, the new one that just came out starring Sinqua Walls. Jack Harlow, and a few other people that I'm going to talk about throughout this episode. So the main reason I didn't want to review this movie is because anytime you get a movie that's starring a rapper or singer or something like that, it's probably not going to be good. Like 99% of the time, the person who's not an actor, who is the star of the movie, is not an actor for a reason. And it's kind of painful for me to watch bad acting for 90 minutes to two hours because it inevitably will feel like a commercial at some point when it's just a random rapper or athlete or musician trying to act. It does not typically go too well and it just feels inauthentic and too much inauthenticity will drive me insane. So I didn't want to watch this despite the fact that, yes, it's a basketball movie, and yes, I love basketball. Some of you know I grew up playing it, played it for a long time, don't play it as much anymore due to unfortunate circumstances that I won't get into, things that are far beyond my control as much as it pains me to say, but I still love the sport, absolutely love it. And for that reason, I'm also a little more critical of basketball movies. Because large in part, they do a very poor job of depicting the sport that I love. Now, Space Jam was a movie I watched as a kid and thought I liked it, watched it again as an adult and realized that it is actually quite bad. And then I watched Space Jam New Legacy with LeBron James because Space Jam was Michael Jordan, Space Jam New Legacy was LeBron James, and that one was even worse. And I'll be fair to those that they're not inherently basketball films. They're playing sort of basketball. It's Looney Tunes basketball. So I can cut it slack due to the fact it's sort of a cartoon crossover. So it doesn't have to be legit as far as how they play the game. I can live with it. But a lot of basketball movies, I just cannot even watch because I look at them and say, nope, I'll watch two minutes of the basketball action in the movie and say, that is not how the game is played. 
I can't watch this. I can't watch it. I know people in the military who can't watch certain military movies because they're just so unrealistic. And then there are some that when they actually are realistic, they say, wow, this one's really good. And they don't really care about how good the movie is overall. They just care that it's depicted accurately. I wouldn't say that's entirely me with basketball, but I am very picky as to how it's depicted on screen. And I'll talk more about that throughout this episode, I'm sure. But I'll just get into this because... I don't have a lot to say about this movie other than I wasn't looking forward to watching it. I had not seen the original film, which may be a crime. It's supposed to be a classic, but yeah, I have never seen the original. And this one was supposed to be bad, not just because I thought it looked bad, but because it got really bad reviews. And so I said, all right, I'm just going to suffer through this and then give my review. It's going to be really quick. So I press play. And the opening scene of this movie has a young high school athlete on ESPN, and his dad is there. His dad is hyping him up like crazy. His dad is played by Lance Reddick, who, rest in peace to him, they actually give a tribute to him at the end of the movie, and I kind of hope this isn't his last film that he appears in, because I know he shot a few projects this year, and it would be really sad if this was the very last one he appeared in. But he's basically, in this film, doing a LeVar Ball bit, where he's the overly confident, overly energetic father who's talking his son up big on ESPN. And the thing is, I immediately said, oh no, they're going to make his dad out to be a bad guy, which I don't like because LeVar Ball, for those who do not know, has a few sons that play basketball. He has Lonzo Ball. He has LiAngelo Ball, and he has LaMelo Ball. Two of them are currently on NBA contracts, very good NBA contracts, and one of them has kind of bounced in and out of the league, never really stuck around for more than a few weeks. But the fact is, LeVar Ball played basketball back in the day and wasn't that good. He played college ball, but didn't really play in college. But he made it a priority to make sure his sons would be great. That if they were playing basketball, they would be great. And this guy worked like crazy to train his kids up, raise them well, and get them into the national spotlight. And it 100% worked because his sons were already good. But LeVar was talking up a storm everywhere where they were having him on ESPN debating people about how good his son was going to be. And it was when his son was in college that he was saying, my son is better than Steph Curry. Steph Curry was a top five player in the NBA at that point in time. So Steph Curry was a top five pro basketball player in the world and his son was in college. But he was basically saying, put my son on that team and he's doing at least what Steph Curry's doing. And so he became this controversial figure and a bunch of people started to trash on him because they're like, this guy sucks. He's just talking his sons up big. He's writing checks that his kids have to cash. But to me, when I looked at it, I said, that's a good father right there. He sees greatness in his kids. And yes, he is making a fool out of himself just to bump up the brand of his kids. And you could say he painted a target on their backs for when they entered the pros. Sure, maybe. But he made those kids really popular before they were even playing in the NBA. And guess what, man? He got them to the league, which is nearly impossible to do. The best of the best don't even make it to the NBA. So the fact that he has two sons and a third, sort of, 
that are pro basketball players is really, really impressive. But immediately I thought, oh boy, I hope they aren't making fun of LeVar Ball. They aren't going to make this guy out to be the villain in some way that this dad talked up his son so much that his son couldn't handle the pressure and ended up being a joke, something like that. And thankfully, that was not the case. So it skips ahead eight years, 10 years, something like that. And this guy, and it's Sinquan Wall's character, is just playing hoops in his old high school gym with some other guys. I'm watching him play. He's nice. He's got some nice moves. He's got a big body, which absolutely helps when you're playing ball. He's a physical player. So a lot of stuff that I said, yeah, this guy's got skill. He's good still. I don't know why he didn't make it big. I was thinking he was probably injured, something like that. You find out more as the movie goes on as to why he didn't make it big, despite the fact he was this high school sensation. He was the scoring champ of his home state in high school. So he was a really big deal and it just didn't work out for him. But he's hooping and then soon after you are introduced to Jack Harlow's character who walks in the gym and he is dressed like a fool. And he ends up running his mouth a bit to Sinquan Wall's character. I don't really know their names. I don't care. Because the whole time I'm looking, I'm saying, that's Jack Harlow. I don't care what name they say, that's Jack Harlow. But Jack Harlow ends up running his mouth and they end up putting money on the line and shooting for it. And what do you know, Zinkwal Wall's character sinks the first three shots of five and then Jack Harlow talks a bit of trash to him and he bricks the next two shots. Then Jack Harlow goes five for five on his jumpers. You then find out that Jack Harlow's character used to play college basketball at Gonzaga, which everyone says Gonzaga, but people that actually go to the school say Gonzaga. So When I say Gonzaga, it's because I've been corrected by people that have personally gone to the school. They've said, no, people who don't go there say Gonzaga, people that go there say Gonzaga. So I've had two people tell me that. Maybe those two people are both wrong, but that's how I'm going to say it. But Gonzaga is a great basketball school and it establishes that his character played there, but he had two knee surgeries, which you can see the scars on his knees. And so he just can't really hoop like he used to. His body quit on him but he still got the skill. Now, despite having skill, his character's a loser because he's a hustler. He's always trying to make money off of different hustles. Like, yeah, this drink, it'll make you stronger. It'll detoxify your body. Or he's doing TikTok videos for kids that he's training up for basketball, but he's just doing a bunch of stuff that is not really making him any money. Meanwhile, he's dating Laura Harrier, who is way too bad to be stuck with this loser. But regardless, they are dating each other and they are barely getting by on their bills. And it's actually the same for Sinqua Wall's character that he is working for something like FedEx, but it's not FedEx because they didn't have the rights to use it, I guess, in this film. They have the rights to use product placement on literally everything else in the world, but not FedEx. But yeah, he's a delivery guy and him and his wife are barely getting by, so they also need money. Long story short, through circumstances, Jack Harlow and Sinquan Walls end up linking up in this movie and deciding that they're going to enter this two-on-two tournament, which has a $25,000 cash prize. So it's a $2,500 buy-in and you can win $25,000. And so they spend the next, I don't know how many minutes of the movie hustling for that money. And the way they do it is they show up to the court, 
Jack Harlow talks a bit of trash until guys say, all right, let's play 2v2. We'll put some money on it. Or we'll play 3v3, 5-on-5, 1-on-1, and let's put money on it. And of course, Sinquan Walls and Jack Harlow always win because Sinquan Walls was that dude back in the day. And he's still kind of that dude. And Jack Harlow, his body ain't quite there anymore. He's got the knee problems. But that man can still shoot and he still knows how to play the game. So they end up doing that for the next so many minutes of the movie till they get their money and they can enter into this two-on-two tournament. Meanwhile, Jack Carlo is lying to his girlfriend about this because he doesn't want her to know that he's playing ball because his body broke down on him and it's kind of just a dead dream at this point that he's still chasing because he thinks he's got a shot to get to the NBA G League despite the fact he's 28 years old and his body's just not there. But it's all because he has a friend, played by Andrew Schultz in this movie, who I'm a fan of. He's a very funny comedian, in my opinion. He is one of the hosts of the Flagrant 2 podcast, which is a very funny podcast. Definitely not for everyone, though. It's very explicit, to say the least. But he's in this movie, and he's telling Jack Harlow about stem cells and saying, yeah, man, costs like 10 Gs, but you could regenerate your whole body. And so Jack Harlow's thinking, all right, we win this 2v2 tournament. I can get this stem cell treatment and I'm back in the league, which is kind of funny because there are a lot of people that are about that old that are still chasing basketball dreams. No disrespect to them, but at that age, it's not going to happen. If you're not already playing pro ball somewhere, it's not going to happen. No disrespect, but it's just not. Most NBA players are retired by 35. Most NBA players are in their prime at 28. So if you are not already in the league by the time you should be in your prime, it's just not going to happen, man. But anyway, they're going to do this two-on-two tournament. And that's kind of where the rest of the movie goes. I don't want to spoil everything in the movie and just tell you everything that happens. But the important thing is they're trying to make money and they're going to split this money that they win. And they're talking about the 12.5,000 that they'll have between the two of them, like it's insane money, which that's good money. But the whole time I'm thinking they're making this out to be a lot more money than it is. And then there's something new introduced in the third act of the movie. There's a three on three tournament and that's for much bigger money where I said, okay, now that is real money right there. So I'm thinking, dude, no way would I put 1500 2500 I don't know, whatever it was that they had to put down for this thing. No way would I put that much money down and then have to beat this many teams just to win for myself $12,500. No way is that worth it, dude. Anyway, though, I made some notes about this movie, and I'll just go through some of those. So I already mentioned the Lance Reddick one is that he's playing LeVar Ball, said not really loving it, but I was fine by the end because it turned out that he was a good dad and that what actually messed up Sinquan Wall's character's career was related to his dad, but not his dad's fault. It was that his dad was sick or in the hospital or something like that, and it had Sinquan Wall's character thrown off of his game. And there was a fan chanting stuff that was not so nice and he ended up attacking the fan. And yeah, his dreams were crushed at that point in time, which I don't know if doing that would actually ruin your chances at a career in basketball. At the very least, I feel like you would still get a college team that would take you on, but didn't happen, I guess. My next note was, this is some 2K dialogue. Yeah, 
there was some dialogue early on where I said, I would expect this in 2K, my player mode, which by 2K, I mean NBA 2K. Their storylines are just hilarious sometimes and their dialogue is so bad. And that's how it felt early on in this movie. I then said, ugly ass jumper. Yeah, Sinquan Wall's character, he can hoop, but his jumper was not clean, man. It was an ugly shot. Had a bit of a hitch to it, which for those who aren't shooters, a hitch is bad. Not good to have a hitch in your shot. But he's kind of shooting it behind his head a little bit. And hey, the shot went in, but it's just an ugly J. It's one that you got to fix if you want to play in the NBA because he wasn't big enough where he's going to be able to get that shot off on bigger players. He's big enough where he can get it off over guys on the street. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I then said Mountain Dew commercial last movie. Yeah, it looked like a Mountain Dew commercial during every scene of dialogue. And that's just kind of how the acting felt. Jack Harlow, by the way, was not as bad as I expected him to be. He was okay. He was fine. The original movie had Woody Harrelson. So obviously he's not in the same tier as Woody Harrelson. Not even close. But he also was not the worst I've ever seen. For example... There was the movie Uncle Drew that came out a few years ago, and it was a street ball movie, all based off of that Uncle Drew commercial. I think it was a Pepsi commercial with Kyrie Irving, where he was dressed up like an old grandpa and he was hooping like crazy. Which I know a dude who once shared that clip and said, Old man whooped him baseball for days. And they were not doing that to be funny. But the Uncle Drew commercial is Kyrie Irving, who is a very good NBA player. But he was dressed up like a grandpa and playing street ball with dudes and just killing them. And the thing is, it's all fake. It was all for a commercial. But they then did an Uncle Drew Part 2 commercial where they added in a couple other characters to it. And then finally, they did this Uncle Drew movie. And it was starring just a bunch of current players and former players. And the acting was wretched. And the movie didn't even get that bad of reviews, which I was so shocked by. And that was the reason that I said, oh, I'll check this out. It's got okay reviews. And I watched it and it was so bad. And the thing is, it's street ball. I'm not as critical as to how street basketball is played and how it's shot for movies. But it's just everything about the movie sucked to me. There was nothing about it that I said, oh, cool. Some of the cooler stuff of Kyrie's handles and stuff, I say, yeah, I see him do better stuff than this in a regular NBA game. Like, why is this supposed to be entertaining to me? But yeah, Uncle Drew was really bad, and a big reason is because every actor was terrible, the dialogue was terrible, it was painfully unfunny, and the way they shot the basketball action was not really unique or entertaining at all to me. On the flip side of that, there's the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler and Juancho Hernan Gomez, who is kind of a bench warmer in the NBA, but they made him the star of this movie. And I'll say that Juancho's acting was actually very solid in this film. I expected it to not be good, but he did an okay job. And Adam Sandler's Adam Sandler. He crushed that movie. At the same time, I thought they did some really creative stuff with how they shot the basketball scenes. So I think Hustle is probably the best of those street baller type movies that I've seen up to this point. And Uncle Drew is the bottom tier. I thought that movie was really bad. This movie I expected to be like Uncle Drew. But I'm going to be honest, I feel like it's somewhere between Hustle and Uncle Drew. That's not to say it's a good movie, but it's certainly not bad to me. 
It might be because my expectations were so low, but I largely enjoyed this movie, I guess I would say. I don't know if that's the proper way to phrase that, but yeah, for the most part, I was into it. I was fine watching. I wasn't really bored checking my watch. It went by quick enough, and I thought the story was decent enough, and I kind of just wanted to see these guys win some money, you know? I thought that the story was a little clumsy for both characters, that it wasn't completely smooth character work being done, but what it did establish was this dude's broke and needs money to support his family. And this dude's broke and needs money to support him and his girlfriend. So I'm in, man. I can respect that. That's something I can root for. I can say, I hate being broke. I hate to see other people being broke. I hope they get a break here because they're two very talented guys that both caught bad breaks in life. So I was able to root for both characters. I will continue with my notes though, and I'll try and fly through these because some are just not as relevant. But I said... He called Luca the best player in the league, which is incredibly racist. Yeah, Jack Harlow said Luca Doncic was the best player in the NBA. And the sooner people accept that, the sooner race relations will smooth out amongst hoopers. And I thought, oh my gosh. First off, he is absolutely not the best player in the league. Secondly, he is absolutely not the best player in the league. And third... He is absolutely not the best player in the league. Oh my gosh, I was so insulted. I said, who wrote this line of dialogue, dude? There is no way you can say Luka's the best player in the NBA unless you are racist. I'm sorry. This whole movie is him being bros with the black community and stuff. His girlfriend is black. His friend in this movie is. And so it's him being like this ally friend, you know? But I said, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are some feelings he's holding back if he really thinks Luca is the best in the league. This guy's secretly racist, 100% secretly racist. And I mean, his character is not Jack Harlow. Okay. Before anyone gets mad at me, his character is secretly racist. If he thinks Luca is the best in the league, I got to speed this up though. This is another thing I said. He complimented a guy after a guy banked in a three-point shot, which pissed me off because if you bank in a three-point shot, you just missed it so badly. That's not a make at that point. That's a miss. I don't care if it went in. Does not count. Next up, I said, J.I.D. J. Cole track. That's tough. Yeah, they had a song from Dreamville. So it was J.I.D. J. Cole. And I think there was somebody else on the track too. But I immediately recognized J.I.D.'s voice and I went, oh, nice, because J.I.D. I think is really good. And then J. Cole's voice came and I said, okay, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. The soundtrack was not really noticeable up to that point, but that was the point where I said, yep, here it is. Because I think if you make a street ball movie, you gotta have a good soundtrack, which Uncle Drew had a couple bangers in it. I can't even lie. And I'd say this movie ended up having a couple bangers as well. But this was the first one I noticed was the J.I.D. J. Cole track. And it was in the third act of the movie. I then said the prize was a quarter million dollars for this three-on-three tournament. But where the hell did that money come from? There's no way they profited this much off a three-on-three tournament where they could give away $250,000. Yeah, so the buy-in for this tournament was around $9,000, I believe. And there were 16 teams, if I'm not mistaken, which leaves you still a hundred grand short, if my math is correct. It leaves you around a hundred grand short of 250,000. 
And yes, there are people there, but it's at Venice Beach, so it doesn't look like anyone was charged money to get into this thing. But even if they were, let's say 500 people show up and it's $10 entry, that still doesn't get you that money. Even with concessions and all that, yeah, I don't know where the money's coming from because it's not a televised thing. It was a street ball tournament. So I said, where did they get this quarter of a million dollars from to give away? I don't understand that at all, but that was the prize. There's another note I made that I'll just quickly summarize. I said, bro was playing for the Guangdong Tigers. So yeah, it just establishes that one of these characters in the movie at the end ended up playing a year in China and then getting their shot in the league. And I was joking that it was the Guangdong Tigers because it's a running joke amongst NBA fans. When a player is bad, the joke is that they're going to be playing in China next year. So there's the Guangdong Tigers, the Shanghai Sharks, and a couple other teams. But the Shanghai Sharks and the Guangdong Tigers are usually the ones that people know. Playing in China is kind of a running joke amongst NBA fans where it's like, okay, if you suck in the NBA, you're going to have to play here in China. So yeah, him playing in China did crack me up, even though it's not meant as a joke. I then noted that What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow played in the end credits, and that song's a banger. I cannot lie, it is a banger. I think the remix is better with the baby, Tory Lanez, and Lil Wayne, but the regular version is also solid. My last note is kind of my summary of the movie that this movie relied on a lot of the same type of humor as the movie You People that I talked about earlier this year starring Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy, where it's a lot of race humor and it's usually the white guy saying the wrong things, trying to fit in and doing the wrong things and creating these awkward scenarios. But the difference is that Jack Harlow is a rapper, okay? He's not an actor and he's not a comedian. Jonah Hill is a great actor and he is a very funny actor at that. He really nails the comedic stuff and he was playing off of Eddie Murphy, who again is a comedic legend. Jack Harlow did not have the juice to be making these jokes, in my opinion. I just don't think he was able to deliver these lines. It's also that they weren't as well written, but I just think that someone like Jonah Hill would have nailed these types of jokes. He couldn't have really played this character necessarily because Jack Harlow has the benefit of actually being kind of tall, which I didn't know. I assumed he was like 5'5", but I guess he's like 6'3", because he was standing next to Tyler Hero at the end of the movie. Tyler Hero is like 6'5", and he did not look much shorter than Tyler Hero. So that was when I said, oh, I guess he's not that small. And I looked it up and it said, Jack Harlow says he's 6'3", but some people who have met him say he's 5'9". I said, yeah, it didn't look like a camera trick, though. He walked right up and was staying next to Tyler Hero, and there looked to be maybe a two-inch difference between the two. So I think he actually is pretty tall. But yeah, I think that if Jack Harlow was a better actor and had better comedic timing, that this movie would have worked a lot better. A lot of the race jokes and things like that, I just didn't feel like they really landed. And that's kind of a big part of this movie. To my understanding, at least, that's a big part of the original movie, are jokes about stereotypes and things like that. And I'm sure Woody Harrelson knocked out of the park. I kind of have to watch the old one now. But it just did not work for me in this movie. I didn't find myself laughing really at any point. I think 95% of the jokes did not land for me. The plus is that I thought the way they shot the streetball action was actually pretty interesting. I liked the way it was shot. 
I complain a lot about how basketball is shot, but I'm less picky with street ball because it's not really basketball. I mean, it's basketball for sure, but it's not five on five organized ball where I'm going to be way more critical. Street ball is very much this free, loose type of way to play where you're kind of just playing your own game at your own pace. And that's just how it goes. You're just going with the flow of the game. There usually aren't time restrictions as to how quick you need to get a shot off or anything like that. You're kind of just playing ball. And I thought the way they shot it was pretty solid. It looked good to me. It wasn't difficult to follow. And there were some nice shots and there were some nice moves too. Some really smooth basketball moves that they put out there where I said, okay, Jack Harlow's at least got to have some ability to ball. Because it was obviously him doing a few of these moves. And then Sinqual Walls, look, I don't know if he was the guy going up and jamming it on certain plays, but some of the other plays I said, this is obviously him. And he was nice. He was nice. So comedy didn't work for me. The story was compelling enough, though, where I said, I can root for these guys. And Sinqual Walls, I haven't talked about a ton, but I thought he gave a good performance. I thought he did a good job. He's a guy I have not seen in anything I looked him up and it turns out he's been in quite a bit, just mostly stuff I haven't seen. But I thought he did a solid job in this movie and the basketball was entertaining enough. So overall, I thought this movie was okay. It was an okay way to pass the time. I'm not going to recommend it to a ton of people. I think this is only fun if you are really into basketball because that's pretty much all that did it for me, I think is that these characters were easy enough to root for, and I love the sport, so I kind of like seeing dudes hoop. But for that reason, I thought it was okay for me. Don't know how it's going to land with everybody else. So far, nobody's really liking this movie, and I was actually surprised to say, yeah, I was all right. But that's really all I've got to say about White Men Can't Jump. Next time you hear from me, I will be talking about The Little Mermaid, which... It's another one I'm not really looking forward to. Nothing against anyone involved in this movie. I'm just not big on Disney live action remakes, especially of the Disney princess movies that I didn't even care for as a kid. But that's going to be my next movie because it's the biggest movie coming out this week. So I got to see it and I got to talk about it. In the meantime, make sure you are following this podcast on whatever your preferred streaming platform is that would likely be whatever you are listening on right now. Otherwise, you can also find me under our official Instagram account, which has the username at vitamin C pod. So go ahead and follow me there as well. But that's it for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. You'll hear from me again next week.